Helping Hand podcast. My name's Pauline Shannon. I'm a mother of three and a reflex integration therapist. Each week I will be meeting someone who helps children and families. I will be asking them what they do and how they do it. We will learn how different therapies can help, how to choose which is right for you and how to find them when you need them. Good morning. Today I'm talking to Sarah Wheatley from Birth and Beyond. Sarah is a psychotherapist with 20 years experience in social research, health promotion and psychology. She specialises in supporting mothers and babies from before conception. Good morning, Sarah. Thank you for coming to the Helping Hand podcast this morning. I'm really interested to hear what you offer children and families. I hear you focus on um, the time you know, before birth, during birth and after birth. So please share with us all the different things that you offer. Thank you, Pauline. Hello. Um, I yes, that's a really good way of putting it. I I support mostly mothers around the period um, from starting to think about becoming a mother all the way until sort of after having a baby and and sometimes several years after having a baby. So that can encompass a wide range of things. That can encompass relationships. That can include fertility issues. That can include. Um, things to do with birth trauma that can include stuff to do with difficulties in your relationship with your baby Um, it can include stuff to do with your identity as a mother and adjusting to that new role and um, how you might join that with sort of um, your role as a a spouse as a um, colleague all sorts of different parts of it so it's it's really really wide ranging so the best way of putting it really is to say that I I work with people from before birth um, until yeah their children are possibly several years old. Can you describe how do you support people it's a support's a very vague word so how are you doing that? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Well, I I suppose I would describe myself as practicing sort of integrative psychotherapy because I I try and adapt my work to whatever the needs of the person are. So for example, if somebody has got really specific sort of trauma symptoms that we're picking up on, then I might use EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is really really useful for really specific traumas or for long-term traumas Um, or if it feels as though there's more relational issues going on that we might do um, work thinking about how relationship patterns have been set up and whether these patterns are getting reenacted and 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 what's going on there Um, some other therapies that I sometimes incorporate are video interaction guidance, which could be really, really helpful if there are issues in the relationship between the mum and the baby or um, newborn observations. But again, can be really helpful in just building confidence, especially if, if people are feeling anxious about whether or not they're able to understand their babies or, or if they're missing something. Um, and I'll use a bit of CBT. I might use a bit of solution-focused um, coaching type of techniques as well. But generally what I'm trying to do is to think about what, what the client really needs from me, which also means that I might refer them on to somebody else if I think that I can't actually provide the right kind of support. This is a very specific time in life from preconception through birth and into early years. What drew you to this particular time? Um, I, well, it's, it's 
a bit of a ramble. I originally, um, my first degree was in psychology and I ended up in social research and community development. And then I, I had a wonderful pregnancy and birth and all the rest of it. So I wasn't expecting um, anything to happen, but I had really bad postnatal depression and anxiety after the birth of my, my first child. And it really, I think it really surprised me because I thought, how did this happen to me? I'm like, I'm educated. I am very fortunate. I have all these things going for me, sort of what's going on. So I think the sort of social research part of me sort of kicked in. I was a bit like, why did this happen? And, and how could this happen? And then the sort of psychology part of me just got really, and so I sort of, it, I sort of inadvertently almost sort of ended up um, studying um, psychotherapy and counselling because I wanted to figure out how I could use that to um, help people that might be in a similar situation to me or might be feeling similarly to me and, and really not expecting becoming a mother to have such an impact or to, to totally change their lives in that way. Um, and actually psychotherapy has been shown to be one of the things that can be most useful in terms of preventing postnatal depression, anxiety, um, for lots of different reasons. Um, but yeah, yeah, the earlier it starts actually better, oddly sort of sort of psychotherapy in, in pregnancy is actually shown to be one of the best things you can do to help you later on but strangely enough most of us don't really think about it at that stage so it's generally more on the sort of trying to sort of help people after it's happened rather than the prevention side of things but um but yeah I'm really interested in the prevention side of things as well I'm going to ask you what would an average program look like but having heard all the different things that you can do I presume that they'll all be very different I guess what I really want to know is um yeah once people get in touch with you, what would the process be to identify what it was you were going to do and what might maybe a couple of different programs look like and roughly how often would they see you and how long would it last? Yeah, no, um, you're absolutely right. It sort of always starts the same. Um, generally, I um, will sort of set up a time with people generally via email because I find that's that's easier for me because I um I have a mind like I said so I find if it's on paper that's easier and um then before we meet I send some questions just to get an idea of um sort of well it gives me a lot of information actually but it's sort of and it gives them a lot of information about how I might be working and what kind of things I might be interested in. So I ask about sort of um, previous relationships. I ask about the sort of what that person considers to be the presenting problem and what they want to get out of therapy. Um, and so they don't have to send that back, but it's, it's, it's helpful if people do send that back. It gives me an idea of, of what we might be working with. And then um, I also send out my counselling agreement again to give people an idea of what they can expect from me to try and um, make what can feel a very scary process as sort of as safe as possible, really. And that includes talking about confidentiality and um, and obviously because I'm working with mothers and, and babies and we're talking about a time in life when women are sort of 
likely to commit suicide is one of the biggest killers of, of new mums. I do have to talk about when I would break confidentiality and, um, and that has to be spoken about. I think it's really important all these things are spoken about right at the start. So I send that to people and then we have an initial consultation, which is an hour long. And that is, um, that's so we can get to know each other. So, it, because one of the big things is if you get a feel for somebody and actually if somebody, I can be the most expert person in my field, but if you don't get on with me, I'm going to not work for you. Like you really, um, you know yourself as a therapist, sort of, it's so much about the relationship. So part of it's about um, sort of the person getting to know me and getting to know whether they think I'm going to work for them but also sorting out the logistics such as are we happy working together weekly, which is generally what I recommend um, because I, I, lots of different reasons I'm not going to go into, but um, sort of, I do occasionally work at different sort of speeds. Sometimes I work with people fortnightly. Sometimes I work with people more than once a week, but, um, but generally I aim for weekly. Um, and um, we also can agree because obviously money's an issue, time is an issue, childcare is an issue, all these things. So it's, it's, we've got to make the work safe. So um, people need to have a rough idea of whether they're expecting it to be open-ended or whether, um, whether we think it's going to be time limited. We have to talk about money and whether they can actually afford to do it in the way that I prefer to work or whether we maybe need to think about whether or not another service could support them better. Um, yeah, making sure it's a time when they really can get childcare if they need it, rather than sort of having to pull in loads of favours and feeling a bit unsafe in the work. Um, it, it really is about trying to set it up so that it feels as, as good for the client as possible and as safe for the client as possible so that they can really relax into the work and, and be able to develop a relationship with me where they feel they can trust me and, and rely on me as well. Um, so that's the sort of first session. And that might be if where we also identify what's been going on for them. So if it is, does feel as though it's very trauma based, we might agree that we're going to do a chunk of EMDR and then see what happens. Or if it feels as though it's maybe not trauma based, but we don't quite know what it's about, we might sort of say, okay, well, we're going to work with so, such and such number of weeks and then have a review and see if we're any closer to meeting the goal or getting to where we want to get to and if if not then what needs to change and if we are then maybe we'll agree another chunk that we're going to carry on um again it, sort of it, it's a bit how long is a piece of string but i'm 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 trying to use my expertise to sort of help sort of give my thoughts on what might be useful but um Ultimately, it's got to work for the person who's coming along because otherwise they'll leave or they won't get what they need or they won't feel safe to tell me if something's not working for them or something like that. And, and that's all really important. So I do feel that sort of the initial consultation is, is really important. And then depending on what happens after that, we might um, meet weekly. Generally, if it's sort of regular ongoing therapy, we'll probably meet weekly for a 50 minute session. If it's something like video interaction guidance, then we need a bit longer to do the therapy. Um, so that might mean that we sort of meet on a more sort of ad hoc 
basis, but the sessions will probably be a bit longer, say one and a half to two hours, so that we can properly look at the video and and think about it together. Um, but but yeah, generally, I would say sort of most of the time I work with people weekly, and the sessions are about fifty minutes long. A couple of practical questions: um, Where do you see people? I see people at the moment entirely online. Um, and that is because my um, my office is actually in my home. So just to make sure that I can um, guarantee privacy and enough um, confidentiality, I don't think that it's appropriate to have people in the in in my office at the moment. Um, what I want to get back to is a more blended model because I think that um, I think that online can work well, but I also think it makes it, it can be really useful to meet people face to face if that's possible. So I um, I would like to move back to sort of at least meeting people for the first sort of two or three sessions, and then possibly moving online. Um, because I recognise it's got a lot of benefits, but um, but there's also something about meeting somebody face to face that again and again gives somebody more of a sense of me, and I think it can be really helpful to see the room that I work in, so they sort of know where where I'm meeting them, as it were. I think one of the benefits of um, the pandemic is we've all learned to work at a distance, which means our services are open to people further afield. You have more choice as a yeah. as a client. I would say I actually I I actually did at least fifty percent of my work online before anyway, just because um, working with with new mums in particular, childcare is a real issue, and and also um, I've worked quite a lot with expats and also quite a lot of people who work in very um, isolated rural communities, and sometimes finding the support that you need in a very small community can be really difficult. So it was something that I offered anyway. Um, and I feel very lucky that I was able to sort of make that transition without it being too scary. Um, but I, I um, yeah, I do recognise the value. And if, if we are able to see each other face to face, that can bring up different things as well. Is it always the, the mother you work with? If you're doing relationship stuff or preconception stuff, do you ever work with couples? Um, I no, I don't work with couples. Um, I I refer on for that. I, I I don't have the training. Basically, I've sort of it's one of those things I sort of would like to do, but I also yeah I don't have time to sort of properly do that. So um, I have a network of people that I I trust and respect, and I I refer people on to them. So what symptoms might I be seeing or what concerns might I have that should encourage me to get in touch with with you? Yeah, no, um, I think that's a really good question because um, I think uh, people hear the words depression, anxiety, and they don't quite know what that means. But for some people, it can be just feeling really low or just not how they expect to feel during pregnancy or 
I think that can be a lot of guilt. I think people who are who've especially um, had fertility issues might feel really guilty for not being overjoyed or not feeling as ecstatic as they think they should. And so that can really um, surprise and upset them. Um, people can find that sort of, especially if people have got anxiety, they can feel find that they're avoiding situations or that they're feeling really, really tense, like that sort of real sort of slightly panicky feeling. Um, and they don't quite know why, or if they do know why they're trying to avoid situations and that isn't helping them. Um, there are times when people come and they don't feel as though they're able to bond with their baby and they're really stressed because they, they some people sort of feel that their baby looks like an alien or feels like they don't understand where they've come from. And that can be really upsetting. Um, a lot of anger sort of there can be a lot of anger that that comes up anger towards partners resentment um, anger towards the baby anger towards parents that um, again can be really upsetting for people um, there can be feelings of grief especially about things um, that you didn't expect to feel upset about there could be obviously suicidal thoughts, which can be really upsetting or sort of obsessive thoughts, compulsive thoughts, sort of thoughts that just won't go away, thoughts that feel really stuck. Um, sometimes people, especially if they've had um, some kind of trauma, can have flashbacks and vivid dreams. And actually, um, one of the things I, I've, I've been working with a few people about recently is um, sort of sleep trauma if they've got a baby who has been very colicky or very refluxy and hasn't been diagnosed um, or has had any any other sort of health condition that means that they've cried a lot is actually um, that can manifest in sort of a real trauma or, or, or wanting to avoid social situations or um, having flashbacks and sort of feeling really panicky when the baby goes to sleep, a real sense of dread that they're going to wake up um, and just being obsessive over noise and things like that. So, and these things can all affect relationships. Quite often people talk about sort of the impact on their wider relationships because they're either avoiding situations or they're having arguments with their partners who can't understand why they're behaving in such a way or, um, or they're sort of feeling really upset towards their parents about things that happened to them when they were children. They don't know where that's come from. So, um, and they might feel really stuck in these past events and not feel able to get out of that sort of stuckness as well. Um, so, yeah, those are just some of the feelings that people might have that they come to me. But I think I think actually sort of saying all that, one of the overriding feelings quite often is a feeling of confusion. I don't know why I feel like this. I don't understand why I feel like this. I'm pregnant or I'm having a baby and I don't know where they come from. And it's either scaring me or it's upsetting me um, and, and I need some relief. If somebody's recognised themselves or feelings they're having, experiences they're having in what you've just said, how do they reach out to you? Um, I would say if you email me at sarahandbirthandbeyond.com, that is um, that's generally the quickest way that I'll get back to people. People do sometimes phone me, but um, I can't always answer my phone and I and I think that um, I'm always worried about missing somebody's message or something like that. So generally, email is the best way 
to get hold of me. Um, I am on sort of Facebook and Instagram and all these things, but um, I don't tend to use those messaging services again because due to my sort of technical illiteracy at times, I'm really worried about missing messages. Um, so I find for me that that good old fashioned email is is the best way for me. Um, and I know you're going to put my website on this, but having a look at my website and sort of seeing if if I look like a good fit for you, um, that's got a contact form on there as well. Sounds like a really critical service you offer, Sarah. And I am not aware of anything like that in my local area. So I'm really pleased to hear that you do it online. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me this morning. Is there anything that you've missed that you'd like to get in before we round off? No, as I say, I think I think that you have got uh, asked questions that hopefully will be really helpful to people. I think that, um, yeah, yeah, I think people often don't know what they're looking for. And so actually, as you say, um, I think that um, being given the opportunity to hear what kinds of feelings you might be having that are causing you distress is actually possibly the way that is going to help most people. So, yeah, no, thank you for asking the questions. Well, thank you for your time. You've been listening to the Helping Hand podcast, connecting families with help and support when they need it. If you want more information or to find a therapist near you, go to helpinghandonline.co.uk.